Welcome to GrishaCast, episode 29. In this episode, we are covering chapters 19 through 21 from the book Six of Crows. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. From Nashville, Tennessee, this is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Moi sabayeni, casters. Hello, hello. Let's talk about where our listeners are listening from. (laughs) (laughs) City shout outs. Woohoo. We have Irvine, California. What, what? And we got Bangalore, India. Ooh. Thank you. And Paris, France. Wee wee. That is awesome. (laughs) It's exciting. Well, it is. It's kind of neat that each episode we get to like see where our listeners are. Like, I can't believe people are. It's one of my favorite parts. I know. That's exciting. It so, is exciting. We thank you guys so much, and we hope yes. you're enjoying that when we give your little city a shout-out. And don't worry, we'll get to yours. Um, so, anyways, how have you been, girl? It's been a day. Has it? Well, I mean, it's been a month, a year, <laughs> a I'll- Friends episode. But it's <laughs> it's been a day. All in one. It was, it was a hard parenting day, so it was... Um, oh, gotcha. Yeah. I wasn't mad about leaving for a little while to record. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, our um, kid is like kind of on his own vacation, which is a vacation for us, too. Yes, it is. He's over at Grandma's. (laughs) He went there last night. It's nice. He's staying there tonight, too. Good. I know. You need a break. We do. Especially with everything going on. It's very stressful. It's good to have a break. Yeah, it is. I am. I agree. I definitely am. Chris is very lucky. He gets to have some time off to himself. And I was telling him, I was like, you know what? I need some of that too. And he was like, well, you got, like, I was sick like that one week. And he's right. like, he just was like, well, you got that one week off. I was like, but <laughs> the kid was home all that entire week. And, and you were sick. And I was sick. Right. So that wasn't time. You need alone. enjoyable time. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm going to take a vacay one day sometime. Good. I don't know. I'm going to take it off. It might be on a Friday. I might not even tell anybody. <laughs> just gonna just take, take off, it. And drive off into the sunset. <laughs> Surprise! <laughs> For the next eight hours, you do not know where Eric is. Well, okay. it's important okay. to have that time. It is. Like it's so important. It really is. Um, my time for relishing that is um at nighttime when everybody's asleep and I'm reading to fall asleep. It's That's like- hard though because then you end up staying up later than you want to because you're enjoying the quiet. Yeah, I am. Um, I do that. Reading helps me fall asleep, though. If I didn't have anything to read, I probably would be up all night because I fall asleep just reading, which mm-hmm. which is great and also kind of sucks at the same time because sometimes like I'll forget. Um, well, you know, you just kind of like your finger falls, like you fall asleep and then like your fingers down on your Kindle and then you're like five chapters ahead and then you wake up. I'm one of those crazy people that wakes up like an hour later and it's like, what was going on? <laughs> and I got to like try to find my place and start reading again and like two oh. minutes later fall asleep. Um. <laughs> I I drop the phone on myself, typically yeah. most nights. That's <laughs> to fall asleep. I will watch people on YouTube talk about boring things. Mm. I know that sounds weird, but like um, talking about how they monetize their YouTube channel or how they started recording at home, oh. and it's and it's. I always go to the most boring people, yeah. so. Just and they're just literally sitting there talking, and I just start drifting off, and then I wake myself up with the phone hitting me. Well, if you need like a really like <laughs> draining voice, um, it's actually an amazing book. It's by it's called his name is Eckhart Tolle. He writes like spirituality stuff, um, but his voice is just like Duh. it's like it will put you to sleep. Just get <laughs> his like book on. Like I remember, I loved the book so much, but I'd try to listen to the book like. In the car, and it was so hard because he reads it, and it's just like, mm. and the sound, and the sound, I don't know, I can't do it. But. I've gone down a rabbit mm. hole of Laura Lee's unboxings on YouTube. <laughs> she has, she gets so much PR, and she's literally just opening boxes and going, "Thank you," and open another one, "Thank you," and I, it puts me right to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you, Laura Lee. Thank you, Laura Lee. <laughs> that sounds relaxing, You're cute and you relax me. Well. It works. You do what you got to do, I guess. Whatever puts you to bed. <laughs> I just randomly found it. Well, you know, it suggested it to me, and I just randomly found one, and I was like, wow, this works. <laughs> yeah. Probably not what she intended, but that it's other, all right. The other night when you introduced me to TikTok, and I actually downloaded it. Oh, boy. That was really funny, just because 
Terry was <laughs> telling me that like you're gonna get stuck in a rabbit hole, and I was like, yeah, we'll see. And she like left, and I just started watching TikTok, and then all of a sudden I got this text, and she's like, I'm home, and I was like. Oh my god! <laughs> you did it. I've been you... sitting here watching like TikTok videos this entire time. It is such a time, time suck. It, it was... is. It is such a time suck because you literally can just swipe whenever, it and it's just crazy. Yeah. Forty-five minutes just like flew by. Mm-hmm. Oh, my, it... my first night it was like three hours, oh and I was god. like, "Nope, that is not good." And I took it off my phone. <laughs> wow. So I have to. I have to keep taking it off and putting it back on because. I will just watch it forever. Keep watching. Mm-hmm. I get it. Well, there's a lot of interesting stuff on there for there sure. Is. <laughs> I lo- it, there is. I love There's a huge queer community on there. There is. Yeah. And that's what sucked me in is I was just down this rabbit hole uh, yeah. from the queer community. And it just because I loved it so much because mm-hmm. you don't have that really anywhere. So I just. Yeah, it is yeah. really neat. It's, and it's just it's relatively new, right? Yes. Oh, well, see, that's awesome. That's cool stuff. Yeah. I think we're on TikTok, aren't we? Um, sort well, of. we don't really do anything though on TikTok. No. Yeah, maybe we'll get on that. I don't maybe. know what we'll do. There, are, there, are whatever formula is weird and yeah, we're we'll not. Think about we're it. not a fourteen-year-old dancing. Yeah. Person. So. so. <laughs> well, so let's get into what we do do. <clears throat> we do do. <laughs> you do do, which is our Grishaverse. Yay! Yay! So we these three chapters were. Good. There was a lot of stuff in there. Yes. It was kind of exciting. So let's just get on in. So starting off into chapter 19, which is Matthias. So they are finally about to dock and they are disguised as trappers. So they've been on this boat for a long time. Um, Nina goes to unlock um, Matthias because he's been shackled and Kaz wants her to tailor him. Matthias kind of argues a little bit and then finally gives in to Nina. Nina still flirts with him as she is tailoring him. And um, one interesting part of this, when it's time to change his eye color, she pulls out a small bottle that Matthias questions what the substance is within. And this is her response. Quote, A tincture developed by a Grisha named Genya Safin. It's the safest way to change eye color. End quote. Yay, we got a shout out from Jenya. Jenya. That was cool. I love yes. all the all the little shout outs from like our the books we've read and the characters is just It's fun to revisit old friends. It squeezes me. Oh. It gets me excited. Oh. I love it. So anyways, she ends up turning his beautiful crystal blue eyes brown. And Matthias asks her about Bolyul Bayer. He doesn't believe that she is just going to let them turn him into the Kirch government. He thinks that she wants to kill him, which is understandable. She's a Grisha. Um, and what um, Jirdaparim has done to Grisha is like, or at least the rumors at this point, because mm-hmm. I don't think a lot of them have seen it yet. And I think Kaz is the only one. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think you're right. Nina ignores his question and tells him that he needs to get ready because Kaz wants them all to leave the boat at the top of the hour. So we go and the crows leave the ship and head out. And uh, of course, when they head out, they say their wonderful saying, no mourners, no funerals. And I just love that because one person says no mourners and then the rest say no funerals. I just think I can't wait to hear that on the show. (laughs) Can you tell I'm excited? Um, So Matthias notices that Kaz has been very quiet about the plan. We haven't had a lot. We haven't heard a lot about Mm -hmm. it. But one thing that is certain is that they are all getting on the Fairleaned to escape. Fairleaned, by the way, is how you pronounce it. I didn't know that until this episode. I heard it in my, in the actual, like, um, audio book. Okay. Yeah, I was calling it Fairlined or something. I can't remember. Fairland. Fairland is what we were saying. Yeah. It's Fairlene. Oh. Yeah. Interesting. So they begin to trek to Jerholm as they walk um, away. All of them take one last glance at the Fairlene. It was a piece of Kirch, therefore a piece of home, and it was slowly drifting away. The first day of hiking in the bitter cold, Matthias starts to feel more at home. And 
it puts him at ease. The others are quiet, but adapting to the cold. And it's kind of funny because, I mean, Matthias noticed that, notices how these are just like some crazy kids that he's seen do some crazy stuff. And he's kind of like humbled by the way that they're just survivors. And they're just all get, they're not complaining too much about the cold. They're just kind of trekking along and just doing it. I love that about Matthias, that he could recognize that. That he could pull himself away from yeah. his irritations at them to recognize that. Yeah, he's warming up. Yeah. He's warming up. And it's just he's getting more comfortable with them. He spent more time with them. My God, that boat ride sounded like a long time. Uh-huh. So um, so the next morning, Kaz starts to tell them about the heist. Here we go, kids. This is the actual plan. And what I did, I'm just going to let you know. So this is a long—this is a quote, but I— I'm I'm going to read what the plan is, and in between parts of it, there were conversation. I took that out, okay? So I'm just reading the continuation of what this whole plan is because it's just important for us to know, and there's no sense in me trying to put this into my own words because, you know, why don't we just use Lee's? So anyways, here is the plan. If we, quote, if we get this right, we're going to be in and out of the ice court before the Fjordans ever know their prize scientist is gone, Kaz said as they shouldered their packs and continued to push south. When we enter the prison, we'll be taken to the holding area beneath the men's and women's cell blocks to await charges. If Matthias is right and the procedures are still the same, the patrols only pass through the holding cells three times a day for headcounts. Once we're out of the cells, we should have at least six hours to cross to the embassy, locate Yul Bayer on the White Island, and get him down to the harbor before they realize anyone is gone. Once we're out of the cells, Kaz continued, Matthias and Jesper will secure rope from the stables while Wylan and I get Nina and Inej out of the women's holding area. The basement is our meat. That's where the incinerator is, and no one should be in the laundry after the prison shuts down for the night. While Inej makes the climb, Wylan and I scour the laundry for anything he can use for demo, and just in case the Fjordans decide to stash Boyul Bayur in the prison and make life easy on us, Nina, Matthias, and Jesper will search the top-level cells. The rest of the prison isn't like the holding area. Patrols in the cell block rotate every two hours, and we don't want to risk anyone sounding an alarm, so be smart. We coordinate everything to the chiming of the elder clock. We're out of the cells right after six bells. We're up the incinerator and on the roof by eight bells. No exceptions. We cross to the embassy sector roof and get access to the glass bridge through there. Inej, Nina, Matthias, and I borrow a change of clothes from one of the delegations and a little something extra for our friend Bo Yolbayer when we find him and stroll across the glass bridge. We, we locate Yolbayer and get him back to the embassy. Nina, if there's time, you'll tailor him as much as possible, but as long as we don't trigger any alarms, no one is going to notice one more shoe among the guests. So the question is, how do we leave? We walk, Kaz says. That's the beauty of this plan. Remember what I said about guiding the Mark's attention? At the embassy gate, all eyes will be focused on guests coming into the ice court. People leaving aren't a security risk. Then why the bombs, asked Wylan. Precautions. There are seven miles of road between the ice court and the harbor. If someone notices Bo Yul Bayer is missing, we're going to have to cover that territory fast. He drew a line in the snow with his walking stick. The main road crosses a gorge. We blow the bridge. No one can follow. End quote. So, crazy plan. We got a plan. We do, finally. And it's very well thought out, I think. I think there's obviously like a lot of room for mistakes to happen. But, of course, but it's kind of really well thought out for like a place that none of them have been to except for Matthias. Yes. So the person pretty much, Kaz, who's making this plan, has never been to this place. And it's just, I think it's very well thought out. So anyways, I hope you guys enjoyed that because I've been waiting all book to like (laughs) read the plan. I don't know why it excites me, but it does, you know, whatever. So anyways, carrying on, Matthias begins to plot killing Yul Bayer in his cell before Kaz gets to him. Or if that doesn't work... He's thinking possibly maybe an accident can happen on the ship on the way back to Kerch. Accidents happen. They do. 
So as they continue hiking, they're quizzing one another on the amount of guards at different gates and then also memorizing the different color-coded protocols real quickly that the yellow protocol means sector disturbance, the red protocol means sector breach, and then black protocol, we're all doomed. That's pretty much all it said in the book, but we get what that means. Death. Yes. So... We go back into Matthias's memories of him meeting Nina. So this is like, and here's a quote. He and Nina had walked this same territory together. If his calculations were right, they'd washed up only a few miles from where the Feraline had put into shore. It had started with a storm, and in a way, that storm had never ended. Nina had blown into his life with the wind and rain and set his world spinning. He'd been off balance ever since. End quote. I, I just love, love that. Yes, isn't it wonderful? Mm -hmm. Yes, I love that quote too. So we're getting back into this story that we've... And I love their story. Yeah. This whole thing. I could have continued that on for a long time. I loved reading it. Yeah, it's we finally are getting more of this story, which Mm -hmm. is awesome. So the ship Matthias and Nina are on gets shipwrecked in the middle of this really bad storm. Matthias is drowning and all of a sudden has some... Like someone grabs him and... It happens. It's actually Nina. Nina is trying to rescue him. At first, he tries to kind of get away. He, I think he's in shock. Mm-hmm. He's remembering she's a witch, or that's what he's calling right. her, a witch. Um, but um, he notices that when he pushes away from her and she's not touching him, that all of a sudden he feels frozen and depressed, and it's just the the ice-cold water, like— the feeling of drowning actually hits him. And then mm-hmm. if she touches him, it's different, which I love that little thing. That's just so cool. Yes. So they finally agree they need to find land and together. Matthias is going to swim while Nina is going to keep both of their hearts beating. How sweet. They have to work together. They do. They're in the middle of the ocean. Who knows where land could be? Mm-hmm. So um, Matthias asks Nina why she saved him. And I love this. She says, because you're human. Um, Matthias realizes that her act of being Kalish was nothing more than that, just an act. She can speak Fjordan just fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they finally find land and crawl onto shore. They start walking and eventually find a whaling camp and crash in some type of hut. While he's trying to get the wood together to start a fire, he realizes Nina is taking off her wet clothes. Uh, he tells her to put her clothes back on. But she ignores him and tells him she's not going to die because he is a prude. She undresses and wraps herself in some reindeer skin. And that's going to lead us right into our first scene where Nina will be played by Terry. And then Matthias will be played by Mimoua. So, you ready, girl? I'm ready. Okay, so here we go. Scene one. For saint's sake, Druskello, what's wrong with you? I just wanted to be warm. I promise not to ravish you in your sleep. I'm not afraid of you, he said irritably. Her grin was vicious. Then you're as stupid as you look. He stayed crouching beside the fire. He knew he was meant to lie down next to her. The sun had set and the temperature was dropping. He was struggling to keep his teeth from chattering, and they would need each other's warmth to get through the night. It shouldn't have concerned him, but he didn't want to be near her. Because she's a killer, he told himself. That's why. She's a killer and a witch. He forced himself to rise and stride toward the blankets. But Nina had out a hand to stop him. Don't even think about getting near me in those clothes. You're soaked through. You can keep our blood flowing. I'm exhausted, she said angrily, and once I fall asleep, all we'll have is that fire to keep us warm. I can see you shaking from here. Are all Fjordans this prudish? No. Maybe. He didn't know, really know. The Druskella were a holy order. They were meant to live chastely until they took wives, good Fjordan wives who didn't run around yelling at people and taking their clothes off. Are all Grisha so immodest? He asked defensively. Boys and girls train side by side together in the first and second armies. There isn't a lot of room for maidenly blushing. It's not natural for women to fight. It's not natural for someone to be as stupid as he is tall, and yet there you stand. Did you really swim all those miles just to die in this hut? It's a lodge, and you don't know that we swam miles. Nina blew out an exasperated breath and curled up on her side, burrowing as close as she could get to the fire. I'm too tired to argue. She closed her eyes. I can't believe your face is going to be the last thing I see before I die. 
He felt like she was daring him. Matthias stood there feeling foolish and hating her for making him feel that way. He turned his back and her and quickly slothed off his sodden clothes, spreading them beside the fire. He glanced once at her to make sure she wasn't looking, then strode to the blankets and wiggled in behind her, still trying to keep his distance. Closer, Duskella, she crooned, taunting. He threw an arm over her, hooking her back against his chest. She let out a startled oof and shifted uneasily. Stop moving, he muttered. He'd been close to girls. Not many, it was true, but none of them had been like her. She was indecently round. You're cold and clammy, she complained with a shiver. It's like lying next to a burly squid. You told me to get closer. Ease up a bit, she instructed, and when he did, she flipped over to face him. What are you doing, he asked, pulling back in panic. Relax, Druskella. This isn't where I have my way with you. His blue eyes narrowed. I hate the way you talk. Did he imagine the hurt that flashed across her face? As if his words could have any effect on this witch. She confirmed he'd been imagining things when she said, Do you think I care what you like or don't like? She laid her hands on his chest, focusing on his heart. He shouldn't let her do this, shouldn't show his weakness, but as his blood began to flow and his body warmed, the relief and ease that coursed through him felt too good to resist. He let himself relax slightly, grudgingly beneath her palms. She flipped over and pulled his arm back around her. You're welcome, you big idiot. He'd lied. He did like the way she talked. End scene. Curtain down. <laughs> I forgot to say that in the beginning. Curtain okay. up, but it's okay. it's okay. So lovely scene between them two, by the way. Get it them, is. Love the story. Um, so, and I feel more and more like Nina every time. She's so yeah. We, we act very similar. She's. You're gonna like her. <laughs> I. You're gonna keep liking her. I know. She's amazing. So all these characters are amazing. It's fun. It is. So, anyways, um, in the book. We actually go back into present time. Um, so they are still hiking, and Matthias tries to stop them as they come over a hill. So he's like, oh, my God, stop. You know, don't go over this. He obviously sees something that he doesn't want mm -hmm. them to see. Oh, goodness. So there are three pyres with what remains of three burned Grisha, which is horrifying. Yes. And, I mean, it goes into really, like, it's very detailed. It, I mean, yes. you can barely tell these are... Right. They used to be human or Grisha. One of them, unfortunately, is still alive. Um, thank God for Jesper. He puts that Grisha out of his or her memory. I don't know whether... We don't know. Um, so, as they start to walk away, of course, Nina is absolutely furious. Because, mm -hmm. I mean, she... What she just saw. She starts to take out all this anger and frustration... <clears throat> on Matthias, of course, because this is his country. So she yells at Matthias, reminding him kind of like, this is the country he is going back to. Like, remember that. Mm -hmm. Like, what you just saw, this is where you're so proud to be from. She tells him that the reason Agrisha has never had a fair trial in Fyrda is quote, because our crime is existing. Our crime is what we are. End quote. And we talked about that last time. We did. Mm -hmm. And Oh my god, this part hurts so much. Matthias then asked Nina if she ever thought about how maybe Grisha were never meant to exist. Bam. Yeah. That is harsh. It is. So Nina and Matthias obviously are arguing. Um, As usual. Yep. He asked her why she hasn't gone back to the second army to help them rise back into power. Here's her answer. Quote, I want you to have your pardon, Helvar. I want you to be here when the second army marches north and overruns every inch of this wasteland. I hope they burn your fields and salt the earth. I hope they send your friends and your family to the pyre. They already did, Zenik. My mother, my father, my baby sister, Inferni soldiers, your precious, persecuted Grisha burned our village to the ground. I have nothing left to lose. Nina's laugh was bitter. Maybe your stay in Hell's Gate was too short, Matthias. There's always more to lose. End quote. An end scene. Yeah. So, yeah. Of course they're fighting. But well, yeah, they always do. I know. But, um, yeah, good chapter. So, let's take it away. You got, got chapter 20. Who was that? Nina. Okay, that's right. We're continuing on. Um, They are 
still going along. Nina and Matthias are resisting the urge to kiss each other. Ooh. She's remembering the time after the shipwreck. They were traveling without a compass or any idea where they were going. They were just walking. Uh, Zoya's name gets brought up and Matthias says he knows that name. Mm-hmm. Nina figures it's like hearing Broom's name to her. That it's like this powerful person on the other side. Yeah. Remember the cup from chapter 14 when she, oops, spilled it on herself. And then she said it saved a day. She explains that the handle broke off on it and the lip beneath was jagged and sharp. So they were able to use that to cut through their bindings. Mm -hmm. They planned on attacking the Drew Skeleton that night and then the storm hit. But that's how they were not in the cages when all that hit. Because you can you imagine being stuck? In cages. In cages as the ship's going down. No, thank you. That'd be impossible. That'd be so hard. Uh, Try to get out. Yes. So they aren't they haven't exchanged names at this point in this memory, and Nina isn't sure that they should. <laughs> to keep themselves going, they banter back and forth, and eventually, finally, Matthias has a proper laugh, which Nina enjoys. And Aww. you can kind of start seeing the walls cracking a little bit. Aw. The next morning, Nina is riling him up again, talking about how much he likes to sleep next to her. She asks, what are you afraid of? That you might start to like me. And Matthias says, I do like you. Oh, that's sweet. It isn't something he likes to admit because Broom had warned them that Grisha were charming. So he kind of, I guess, probably still has at the back of his mind that she's using Grisha charms. Uh, Nina takes the opportunity to kind of take it over the edge and starts poking and teasing him about being a seductress. Yeah. And she suddenly stops, though, because the ice gives out from under her and Matthias has to grab her. And she says she's suspended over nothing. And that was kind of hard for me to imagine what's exactly happening because it says the ice comes out from underneath her and she's dangling over nothing. Hmm. So I don't know exactly where this ice was, but he's holding on to her. And she looks up at him and she just knows that he's going to let go. Yeah. But he begs him, please don't, like, please. I wonder if maybe it's like, because they're walking, like on, you know, like when you're walking through like places like that, like, I mean, there's lots of like frozen lakes and frozen like water. But it says she was dangling over nothing. Oh. So that's what threw me off. It was like a cliff in my maybe, in yeah. my head, but I don't know. Um so he does pull her up and admits that, yes, I did think about letting go. And she's like, okay, yeah, I would have thought about it too. <laughs> yes, you're right. Yeah, that's true. I think, it, yeah, I think you're right. I think it's a cliff. Sorry. <laughs> but it, yeah, it took me a little bit. Um, right. And as near-death experiences do, they start to feel a little more trusting towards each other. And they introduce themselves to each other. Finally. <laughs> Say my name. It has been a year since all of that, and she kind of wants to go back to those those three weeks. Um, she said those three weeks were a lie that she and Matthias had built to survive. The truth was the pyre. Mm. That was that. That's pretty deep. Yeah. He grabs her to keep her from getting further away because she's you know mad and she's she had walked away, and it causes a fight between them, mostly because Nina is scared, but. Like most strong people, she had put that wall up and she doesn't want to admit it. And she just, she's going to be strong. Matthias demands that she tells everyone what she did to him. Right. So she finally tells everyone that she told the Kurt that he was a slaver and that he'd taken her prisoner. She had a seal from the slaving ship they had raided and used it as proof. He had been put in chains and taken to Ketterdam, which isn't that like what he was doing <laughs> in a way like he had taken her put her in chains and put her on a boat so yeah it kind of happened on the flip side yep and she admits that she would have done it all over again yeah and just then the earth shakes and there is a grisha flying <laughs> that's not supposed to happen this shouldn't be a thing no jesper shot him and anej went after him and stabbed him with her knife and we find out that it's a fabricator yeah. that Nina knows named Nestor. So now we've got two weird things happening. There's a Grisha flying. Like, that's not something that they do. Yeah. And on top of that, it's a fabricator. 
And Nestor, she said specifically that he worked with materials. Like he was with stone and things like that. So like he, that's not even, he's not even a squalor. Like he doesn't even play with the wind. So it's yeah, just weird. It is. A person uh, flying is. Yeah. Yeah. So he keeps begging for more Perem mm. and actually dies trying to go after it. That's rough. He just like falls over and dies. Yeah. Nina is like, this is not, this isn't right. Practicing the small science made Agrisha healthier, stronger. It was one of the things she loved most about her power, but the body had limits. It was as if the drug had caused Nestor's power to outpace his body. It had simply used him up. So we know, we've known from the past that when you use your power, you're healthier, more yeah. beautiful, stronger, hungry. Feel like yourself. Mm-hmm. But this was kind of the opposite. Yeah, it's a drug. It's draining the life force out of them. Mm-hmm. It's giving them more power, but in re- the, unfortunately, the price of that is what a drug actually does yes. in, in our world. Yes, I mean, it's absolutely. the same thing. Mm-hmm. So he had been asking for the shoe. So we know that there's a shoe team out there that's going after Yule Buyer. They assume that they're going to be using a bunch of drugged up Grisha to break him out. Which would be... Quite a force to oh yeah you can't like, mess with that fight against I mean yeah. you got a flying person uh-huh. none of them like I mean we've got the wraith but she can't fly exactly I mean she can do some stuff but she ain't flying around exactly so, so that's scary <laughs> it is it is scary to think about so Nina wants to bury Nestor Cass says no keep moving and Matthias offers to help which is a big deal huge. Because we learn that the reason why they did, why they burned the Grisha and didn't bury them is because their God believed that when you're buried, you take roots into the ground. Yeah. Gel. So that's why they never buried them. And that's why they had the pyres. Yeah. So Matthias is like, I will help you. As they're digging, she remembers in Elling that Matthias had said, I owe you my life, Nina Zinnick. We will get you safely home. And how at that point she felt so trusting of him. And that spawns her to tell him the story, which is our scene number two. Woohoo. Well. I will be reading Nina and Eric will be reading Matthias. It's our parts for the evening. So. Okay. Well, curtain up. Now she swung her pick, felt the impact reverberate up her arms and into her shoulders, and said, There were Grisha and Elling. He halted mid-swing. What? They were spies doing reconnaissance work in the port. They saw me enter the main square with you and recognized me from the little palace. One of them recognized you too, Matthias. He knew you from a skirmish near the border. Matthias remained still. They waylaid me when you went to speak to the manager of the boarding house, Nina continued. I convinced them I was undercover there too. They wanted to take they wanted to take you prisoner, but I told them that you weren't alone, that it would be too risky to try and capture you right away. I promised I would bring you to them the next day. Why didn't you just tell me? Nina tossed down her pick. Tell you there were Grisha spies in Elling? You might have made your peace with me, but you can't expect me to believe you wouldn't have revealed them. He looked away, a muscle twitching in his jaw, and she knew she'd spoken truth. That morning, he said, on the docks? I had to get us both away from Elling as fast as I could. I thought if I could just find us a vessel to stow away on. But the Grisha must have been watching the boarding house and seen us leave. When they showed up on the docks, I knew they were coming for you, Matthias. If they'd captured you, you would have been taken to Ravka, interrogated, maybe executed. I spotted the Kurtz traitor. You know their laws on slaving. Of course I do, he said bitterly. I made the charge. I begged them to save me. I knew they'd have to take you into custody and bring us safely to Kirch. I didn't know... Matthias, I didn't know they'd throw you in Hellgate. His eyes were hard when he faced her, his knuckles white on the handle of his pick. Why didn't you speak up? Why didn't you tell the truth when we arrived in Ketterdam? I tried. I swear it. I tried to recant. They wouldn't let me see a judge. They wouldn't let me see you. I couldn't explain the seal from the slaver or why I'd made the charges, not without revealing Ravka's intelligence operations. I would have compromised Grisha still in the field. I would have been sentencing them to death. So you left me to rot in Hellgate. I could have gone home to Ravka. Saints, I wanted to. But I stayed in Ketterdam. 
I gave up my wages for bribes, petitioned the court, and... You, you did everything but tell the truth. She'd meant to be gentle, apologetic, to tell him that she'd thought of him every night and every day, but the image of the pyre was still fresh in her mind. I was trying to protect my people, people you've spent your life trying to exterminate. End End scene. Wow. There's a lot of information in that. There is. So she finally tells the actual story about why she did it. And I think it's kind of her way of apologizing in a way, too. Like, she's got those really strong walls because she's a strong woman. Yeah. So it was a lot for her to tell him exactly what happened. Um, And it makes sense when you hear it. Yes, it does. You can see both sides of it. Exactly. Yeah. So he asked if she would do it again, betray her friends to protect the Grisha. Mm -hmm. And yes, she she knows the scientist has to die because of the Perim. They would be slaves again when this gets out there. Yeah. She says that they have a debt to settle. And he says he doesn't want the pardon. He also believes that Yule Bayer should die, but for different reasons. Because he now thinks that the Grisha would be more powerful. Yeah. They agree that even though the others won't get their money and that Kaz will kill them, they will kill Bo Yul Bayer. He will not leave the ice court alive. The deal is the deal. See, that's crazy. So we've got this whole other twist now coming into like this heist. We've got other plans. Now we've got, yeah, we've got two of the members of the Crows, like, I mean, that are planning on just derailing this entire operation yeah and they but it's it's awesome that they like agree i know for the first time they're gonna work together finally but for different reasons yeah absolutely so that leads us that actually ends part three which we now enter part four the trick to falling so we've got chapter 21 which is our last chapter and this chapter is inej so it took two more days of hiking, and finally they made it to Jerome. The city is very colorful. Sounds like my type of city. It's like rainbows. There's just color <laughs> everywhere. Rainbow is my favorite color. So I um I kind of fell in love with the way the city was like. I can see that. Red. Um, it just seems, sounds fun and beautiful. And just imagine it with all that snow. <laughs> oh, even better for you. I know. So... And one thing they also notice is Ringala is all around. Everything is decorated for it. Supposedly, there is even an ash tree in the middle of the White Island. Um, And this is in a conversation that we find that out. Kaz hears that and gets a little iffy about not hearing about this ash tree until now. um, Because that is on the property of the ice court. Um, Matthias says he can't remember every little detail. And Kaz doesn't seem to care. He's just like, whatever. He didn't tell me about this ash tree. So, um, is an ash tree a real tree? Yes. Is it? It is. Okay. I meant to Google that, and I didn't. So It is. I failed um, that part of school. <laughs> the ash tree part? <laughs> yes. I failed the ash tree part. I failed botany. Um, don't, don't come for me. Um, so, I couldn't tell you exactly, but I... Ooh, to okay. me, it's like in the Birch family, but... I'm looking uh, at the pictures, and they just look like big, healthy trees. Well, there you go. Yeah, but still, pretty. You know what would be really cool is if they like brought... like Remember that Game of Thrones tree? Yes. Loved it. The red leaves. Uh-huh. What were those called? Oh, God, our family. I don't know, but the, yeah, those were like the the all-knowing... <laughs> trees yeah our fandom's gonna kill us that's all right we're not that we're not discussing game of thrones so no we're is it called um the weirwood tree in or the godswood godswood of winterfell i looked it up real quickly well, there you go weir or wire i don't know anyways let's get back into the grisha verse and get out of game of thrones um so then um Okay, so Kaz doesn't like that he didn't hear about this ash tree till now. So they go to a little tavern for lunch, get a little quick bite, and to get a better view of the ice courts, ice courts gate and first guards, first guard house. So they're kind of sitting on this little porch in the back, and it's just this perfect view of the gate and the first guard house they're going to have to get through. And it just so happens, as they're sitting there, a wagon pulls up to the gate. Perfect timing for them to be able to spy and see what's going of on course. with this. 
Kaz pulls out this fancy backless book. I want one. I know. That has two secret lenses in the back that seems to magnify whatever you're viewing. So he passes it around and shows it to everybody. And everybody's like, that's so cool. And it just looks like you're reading a book. Yeah. And there's like pages and everything. I totally want one. It just seems so neat. Make it happen. Yep. So they check out um, the guardhouse and start to discuss how tomorrow they will be inside before the line to enter for Ringkala has formed. The back door to the wagon that they are watching opens up and they see 10 prisoners shackled, chained, and hooded. Okay. So these, like, I mean, I'm just, that's a lot. Yes. (laughs) They're not just like in handcuffs. No. I mean, they are, they got a lot going on. So Matthias tells them that they do a head count at the first gate then another head count at the second, plus at that second one, they also do like a sweep of the vehicle. So it's important to know these things. Nina points out that the driver is going to notice six prisoners missing. Kaz tells them a story about a bunk biscuit. <laughs> I just think that word is so fun. It is a fun word. Two words, bunk biscuit. Bunk biscuit. I actually had a old, I had a friend in Minneapolis, her nickname was Bunk. <laughs> That's funny. So anyways, and so this bunk business, biscuit, business, I called it bunk business. So that could Ka- be a thing too. It could. So Kaz tells them a story about this bunk business and how in theory, um, a thief switches out a person's wallet with a bunk wallet so they don't get caught. So. To me, it was like an Indiana Jones where he's going for the, in the beginning, the very, very first scene where he mm. finally gets to the little statue and he like switches it out. With another. Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what this is. That's exactly what a bunk business is. Bunk business. (laughs) So they're going to replace six prisoners. They're not going to just take six prisoners out. I mean, they're taking them out and replacing them. And luckily they're hooded. Yeah, so that does help. The next day, they all get into position to stop the wagon and get on. So So they get this tree down. It's very interesting. It's not, they don't take an axe or anything like that, but they use this weird substance. Yes. That like. Salt? Yeah. That like makes the like roots just like mm-hmm. pop out of the ground. So anyways, this tree just randomly just falls to the ground. They worked on it to do it. Um, and it lay, and they've got it positioned exactly laying in the middle of the road. So when the wagon comes, it's going to have to stop because it can't obviously go Classic. over Classic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so they think that this is going to buy them 15 minutes when the wagon actually gets there. Um, Kaz reminds them that they have to be silent and do this carefully so the prisoners don't notice anything going on, which is so true. That's a whole other aspect. It's not mm-hmm. even just the guards that they have to be worried about, but the prisoners themselves can start screaming and yelling and doing crazy things. Yeah. So um, the guards get out and grab one of the horses and some rope to start pulling this tree out of their way. Oh, did I even say that the wagon came up? I don't think I did. So the wagon comes up, yeah, and the tree's there. So um, the guards grab one of the horses, and they start to try to get this rope out of the way. So Kaz uses his lockpicks to unlock the back of the wagon. And right after he opens up the door, Kaz is just standing in awe after he's opened it up, just looking inside this wagon. And the others, the crows, are wondering what is going on. Like, what is he doing? So Inej finally is like, okay, I'm going to... Go help him. So Inej goes up and sees that what he's looking inside at is there are a lot more prisoners inside this wagon than they expected. Mm -hmm. And instead of them sitting, they actually are all standing with iron collars around their necks that were attached to the roof of the wagon. So, like, Kaz is freaked out. We've heard this. It's been mentioned where he he doesn't like touch. He's got Mm -hmm. these gloves on. So I think he's flipping out over that. Yes. Because, one, I mean, it's also a a surprise. They expect only 10 people. And now, I mean, they didn't give an exact number in here, but they said it was just filled to the brim pretty much with prisoners. I think it's a trigger. Yes, it is. So there's a lot of people. So Kaz starts to um, unlock six prisoners' collars, and then they and takes them out of the wagon and into the gully where they were actually all hiding. And... Nina uses her powers to drop their pulses into unconsciousness while Wylan starts to take off their hoods. So, I mean, it's a good thing. They're not killing them. They're actually freeing them mm-hmm. when they finally wake up. And um, Nina even gives them a little extra shot of something to, like, sleep off a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> no, sleep through the weekend. Mm-hmm. Give yourself a little take bit of time. some time off. Exactly. So they all take the, um, 
their places in the wagon. Um, they've got their hoods. they got everything. So they are ready to sashay this runaway. After they all get their hoods on, except Inej and Kaz, Inej jumps out to lock them in. And Kaz has actually taken the hinges off of the door, which is how Inej slips back in through the opposite side of the door. So then Kaz is fumbling to try to put the hinges back on a door real quickly. Which is very unlike him. Yeah, and also you got to remember he's also trying to like not disturb this entire packed mm-hmm. like wagon of prisoners. Don't be suspicious. Yeah. Don't be suspicious. So Kaz fumbles and barely gets these hinges back on the door in time, but um, he does it. So Kaz and Inej both take their places while the guards are coming up and the guards are done and they start moving toward the ice court. And here is this last quote and this actually is the last um this ends off the chapter. This is the ending. For now they were safe. But despite the rattle of the wagon's wheels, Inej could tell Kaz's breathing had gotten worse, shallow, rapid pants like an animal caught in a trap. It was a sound she'd never thought to hear from him. It was because she was listening so closely that she knew the exact moment when Kaz Brecker, Dirty Hands, the bastard of the barrel, and the deadliest boy in Ketterdam, fainted. End quote. Boom. Mic drop. He is shaken. Yes, we have... Never expected anything like that from Kaz. So to me, he has been in that position before, or at least seen it, been a part of it, because it shakes him that hard. Like, it is this huge trigger for him that it's it's throwing him off that much. Yeah. And and <clears throat> he's in the situation now. So mm-hmm. he's, he's got all these people. I mean, I don't know if we went into this depth but if you read in the book i mean they're very specific about i mean all these people are standing up and you are not standing and not touching someone they're all holding pretty much each other in place they're all touching one another to like there's no room to sit in this wagon is what i got from it well and you can't really sit because you're attached to the yeah choke yourself (laughs) yeah if you try thank you So that was actually the end um, of our reading. So that gets us excited for next week. So guess what, guys? It is that time. So. Greasecast Greasy News. news. Woohoo. Yeah. Yes. So we got a little bit of news. We had a lot last week. But um, so I watched Archie's talent show. Did you get time to watch that? I did not. So I sat and I watched it. Um, and it was about an hour and a half to two hours. And it was cute. Aww. It was really interesting. Um, all the winners um, pretty much got, they got to choose between a hat, a t-shirt, and a lunchbox. Cute. Yeah. And um, it was really good. Like, they raised so much money that pretty much you got to see interviews with the entire cast. Um Archie was really big about making sure not a single one of them leaked any information about the show. Oh, good. I mean, he was like hardcore on top of it. Oh, I'm um, sure. Because you can't do that. Yeah. So we didn't, truthfully, we didn't learn anything else. That <laughs> I mean, we it's didn't. bad for us, but it's good for them. Like we learned about some of the characters, like what their favorite books were like and like what their favorite book in the Grisha verse was. Um, it was kind of cool. Um, the person that plays Kaz says no mourners, no funerals. He actually said that. Mm. So that was kind of neat. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was really cute. And the people that won were really talented. And, you know, there was a lot of what's really interesting to me is um, there was a lot of the talent that I that I saw was based around Corona. Not even joking. Hmm. Like one talent was these two nurses that came up with an acronym for like um, they both had their masks on, but they came up with like some acronym. It wasn't for Corona, but the they were talking about being in, having cor- the corona being around and then having to work so hard. But it was about, like, recognizing, like, strokes or something like that. Okay. It was kind of neat. So, mm. anyways. And then this other talent was this girl. And she there were two winners. And this is one of the winners. She sang a song. She came up with a song to um, kind of what, like, Weird Al used to do. Um, except she took, like, a song from Hercules. Okay. And... Created a song about um, social distancing. Oh, that's cute. It was really cute. That's cute. So um, it was fun. I enjoyed it. And, um, you know, it was something something else to watch. And yeah. just it got us excited about 
the show for sure. I special I definitely want one of these hats. They're really cute. I like that um the Shadow and Bone has like its own logo now. It's kind of just like that I don't know, it's neat. So, we're getting there. Yeah, we're getting we are. so close. We are. I mean, we're almost halfway through the year yep. and it's going to come out before the end of the year. So, we're getting there, peeps. Um anyways, like that and that's all I have for Grisha Cast news. There really wasn't anything else no. that like I that just kind of happened last weekend. So, I think we're going to have a lot of quietness going oh, yes. on until oh, yeah. we get somewhere close. Um, hopefully, they'll be able to release some more information soon. And hopefully, we'll have more teasers and things like that coming up. Yeah, and we are trying to get all that information for you guys as well. We um, Just letting you know, we are doing our work on our end. We have been in touch with Netflix and trying to get them, like, if they can help us. And, like, I mean, we filled out some forms. And hopefully when news comes around, they will actually deliver that to us so we can help you mm-hmm. guys learn. Um, yeah. So that is really what the great episode. We had a lot of stuff going on. We did. We got it. We covered a lot. We did. We learned a lot. So... Next week, we are going to be reading the same amount of pages. I think it's um about around 50 exactly. And we will be doing chapters 22 through 26. So it's going to be five chapters, but they're kind of like those short spurts. And it ends out the part. Yes, it's going to end out part four. So we're just going to finish that up. Yes. And do it. So um, anyways, it's been a wonderful episode. It has. We discussed some really cool stuff. We really I'm, did. And I'm actually really excited to find out more. Or read more oh, and get back absolutely. in. So, well, it has been a pleasure. So we will see you all next week. No mourners. No funerals. This has been GrishaCast. Connect with us on the web at GrishaCast.com. Send an email to info at GrishaCast.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast. Twitter at Grisha Podcast and Facebook at GrishaCast.